With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Utah, part of the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks. Providing unbiased opinions on all things Utah football and basketball. Welcome to this edition of the Ute Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Grant Bagby. And I'm Joseph Silverswag. How does 1-0 feel, everybody? To some, good. To not others, as good as not I so would expect. Good. But we'll get to that. Let's do the run of the show, and we'll, we'll get to why Utah fans are, are a little uh, predictable in terms of their reactions to football games. Let's just say that. I forgot tease it. Well, in case you had forgotten, Joseph, step five of the process is supposed to be happening. So don't oh forget. Reseeding. Uh, it's reseeding time. You can throw down some fertilizer, a lot of stuff, a lot of work, actually. Um, I've not yet done mine, but it's coming. The window is closing. I know. It's probably going to happen this week, but... You need your your lawn to be like a, a Rogaine head of hair, just like extra... Extra coming out of every follicle. Like, you guys can't see me right now, but I have this beautiful senator's head of hair. And that's what you need your lawn to look like. Just tons of hair just coming out of your – your. wait, no, not your ears. I, that's wrong. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> let's just retreat all of that. You want a lot of grass in your yard. <laughs> that's what we'll say. Okay. Well, let's do that. Rewind. Uh, <laughs> More sound effects by Joseph. I've got a lot. You guys, you haven't even scratched the surface of what I'm going to do. A couple guys on Twitter were talking about how fun it would be if we get like a David Attenborough narration of Marquise Blair. You know, like as if he's a lion stalking the Serengeti. And I am totally going to actually do that because I've... I've got some some skills, and I think I can put that together and have a lot of fun with it. So look for that in the next, I don't know, two days here for a couple of the the bigger hits that Marquise laid. Because they were just, Dude. oh, my gosh. Well, one time he was being blocked, and he just kind of, like, gave him the forearm, like a little forearm to the chest, and the guy blew up, and then he went. Yeah, this him. is the one that, that sparked the conversation. It's a it's a pulling guard, too, yeah. on, a, on a naked – bootleg that's yep. like a, a maybe a run pass option but the quarterback can either throw the ball or run for it oh and he's clearly and he's, gonna throw it yeah he's going to throw it and then all of a sudden marquis player is like 300 pounds what and he just forearm <laughs> shivers this pulling guard and blows him up vaporizes him and then he just keeps going and the quarterback is like oh <laughs> and uh, that poor quarterback but yeah. we should Ooh. save it by by the end of the by the end of the night he was really feeling i i often find myself having sympathy for uh fcs and g5 quarterbacks uh 2 years ago now maybe 3 when they went to visit san jose state mm-hmm. and they sacked the kid like 9 times and he was just 
pulverized. I mean, it was just it was just horrible. And I really fell for him. And at a certain point, you're like, can we do like touch tackle on the quarterback or something? Because it's not good for him, and he doesn't need to take it. The Utes are up by thirty. And what's the point? Um, but let's let's try and focus in on. All right, sorry, so we're all quick, over the place this morning. Quick hitters. Uh, we're just going to review the schedule this time. But uh, cross country starting up September seventh in Twin Falls. Got some volleyball. Of course, the first rivalry matchup since footballs began in soccer, September 7th. Um, so in a couple days here, uh, some volleyball, and then Saturday. Northern Illinois. Men's, or excuse me, Sunday, men's golf. Oh, is that the inaugural um, golf? No. Or have they, they already been playing? They probably play, have I been think, in the but, summer. Um, but yeah, Northern Illinois. I wanted to throw you off. So oh, you you've did, tricked me. You tricked Northern me. I, Illinois, excuse me, and DeKalb, if I'm saying that right. You are. Illinois. It's actually, so I I recorded our interview last night with our guest, and it's DeKalb, and he was quite clear about that and insists on the, he called it the Chicago A. So DeKalb, Illinois. DeKalb. Get it right. Look, the cow is going to be invaded, and they ain't going to like it. No, nope. so it doesn't nope. matter. No, I don't think uh, Eddie was particularly confident either. All um, right, well, there you go. Quick hitters. Let's get to the Weaver State game. So, should we role play? It seems like we both agree, but should yeah, I be I wanna, negative Nancy? Do you want to be the fan, be? or do I want to be the fan? I don't care. Okay. I'll be the fan. Okay. I appreciate that because. You can't do it. I can't. I just like my palace. head is full of all these numbers, and they're all so good. I just can't. Well, hate hey, myself. Look, we can't move space. them. I mean, look at the first quarter. It was horrible. We were losing. Yes, you sometimes do not score on every single possession. But this is Weber State. And should have been scoring. Get, and if you get, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. But this is what the Forbes are like. Um, it I mean, a, BYU obliterated Arizona. Come on. BYU scored 28 points against a defense that looked, let's be courteous and say, pretty bad. I mean, they looked pretty bad. Have you seen the the Twitter? There's this play on Twitter. Oh, where that, the uh, O-line yeah, ran into each other? Criddle was yeah. like, look at Taki Taki. Come down and fill the hole. And you're like, well, yes, he does a nice job. But also watch the two guards pull in opposite directions and smack face <laughs> masks so while the center is like backed up and like what's going on it's a serious like keystone cops you wanted the the three stooges music it was it was it was an embarrassing performance for arizona but i, I let's just just utah is presently ranked number one in total defense Number one in the whole country right. in yards per play. They give up 59 yards. And up until garbage time, less than one yard per play. I mean, perfect. A perfect defensive performance. And on offense, they got almost 600 yards, uh, over 300 yards passing. Uh, they are ranked 24th in the nation in yards per play and 18th in total yards. I mean, do you want a football team that has a top one defense and a top 25 offense. Does that sound good to you, Ute fam? Because if you're not happy with that, I don't know what to tell you. That's that's how Alabama looks 
I mean, over the course of all season, not one game, which is one day to point, and it probably isn't going to be the, the tail of the season. But still, it was about as good as a rational human being could have asked for. Well, look, in defense of the fans, the first quarter was really was terrible. Bad. It was it, it was, was really bad. it was hard to watch. It was like, even, oh my gosh, what's happening over here? <laughs> I mean, people were. I liked one joke I saw, and I know it was a joke. It's like, hey, look, the Utes are in November form already. Yes, <laughs> and, it, and, and it was. It was. A, there was a ton of problems, and and throughout, right? I mean, the the biggest glaring issue was Tyler Huntley was wildly inaccurate. In the first half, he had and they were dropping and they were dropping too. But but it wasn't. I mean, there's two kinds of drops, right? There's the hit the guy in the numbers and he just butterfingers it. But but these were, oh well, that was a catchable ball. He got two hands on it, but he's way outside of his body and it's not where he expects the ball to be, right? So you're timing a slant route and you expect the ball to be you know two feet in front of your face. And you reach out and grab it and keep running. And instead, it's four feet behind you. Well, technically, you can reach out and grab that ball. But you have to adjust your whole mental state as the ball's coming down. So it's a much more difficult catch. And, I mean, he had too much juice on some throws. And he was underthrowing other throws. And it was a real problem. And then the other obvious problem was the O-line. They were just not – they seemed to know what the plays were. But they were just not playing that hard. And it showed in the in the running game, I think, early. You know, you had Zach Moss, who's a very patient runner. He waits for the hole he's supposed to get, and then he hits it. Um, but rather than that sort of the one-cut runner archetype. And he would just keep waiting. Be like, where's the hole, I guess? I'll just stay back here and then eventually run and get one or two or three or four yards. Um and it was bad. But I think what you fans have done is they told themselves this story in the first eight minutes of the first quarter. And that's the story they kept telling themselves for the rest of the game. Even though Utah, from the halfway through quarter two on, was one of the best teams in the country last week. I mean, they were great. They looked amazing. Huntley's second half QBR was 182. He had four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was over eight yards per pass. I mean, he was great in the second half. Yeah, just I mean, it took some time. I mean, I'm no alarmist. We, yeah. I was not, I was not alarmed at the end of the first quarter. I when wasn't it was worried. Nothing was like, eh, it happens. Yeah, it does. Like whatever. I mean, look, in an, it wasn't the defense. It was all the offense. I mean, turnovers, whatnot, and then the muffed punt thing yeah. with. I mean, that was not even close to Covey's fault. And um, I didn't see it clearly. A lot of people watching on TV said there was a uncalled interference, pushing another Ute player into the ball. I don't no, know. He, I don't feel like he like got that. pushed. I feel like he's just he's wasn't Blackman stood up right up into him, uh-huh. and of course he didn't catch it. I mean, there was there was like no space right there either. It yeah. was right on the sideline. So mm-hmm. I mean, and I those know. things happen. I guess that's the that's the story, right? Is Things happen in football games. And one thing that i was th- been thinking about a lot since Thursday is this idea that, and I saw this a lot, where they say, Huntley threw an interception. If we want to win the Pac-12, that can't happen. But it's going to. College football is a game of mistakes, and it's who makes the least mistakes, and it's who makes the mistakes in the right places so that they don't turn into seven points. 
And there is no college football team that isn't mucking it up a lot because they're 19-year-old kids learning a super complicated game that they still don't know that well with coaching that runs all sorts of spectrums against other 19-year-old kids trying to do the same thing. And there's a lot of mistakes, and that's what makes it fun is, wait, I mean, Arizona State three years ago, the, the uh, what was it called, like the ennui defense where the wide receiver is so open that he's struck by, like, the loneliness of our cosmic condition and <laughs> drops the ball. It was this really great sports blog nation article. Um, and that stuff happens, and it's what makes it fun. So don't expect perfect because no college football team is perfect, and this one's not going to be. It's just a question of who makes fewer mistakes and the luck of when you make them. Are you throwing that interception in a place and time where the other guys get it on the you know their own nine-yard line, or are you throwing it where he happens to have a lane down the sideline and get to the two-yard line, they score a touchdown the next play, like happened on Thursday? Yeah, I feel like part of the fan reaction is your fault, Joseph. Everything is. Almost it's everything all the is my fault. Just ask my wife. Everyone's <laughs> been everyone's been drinking too much Kool Aid, and they expected Weber State to get zero yards they on offense. Expect them to roll over and, and die. And but they're a good team. They are good team. They're going to come in. The only my last thought, and we were alluding to it, is that poor quarterback. Oh my gosh! That guy. He looked like the whole second half. It looked every time they took a shot of him. From the camera angle, watching from home, just he got, thousand yard he stare. Like more he and just more gets up and he's like, "Why am I even here? <laughs> Why am I still doing this? I should just take a knee." This is this is rough, and it is rough because Lecky Foto is not a person anyone wants hitting uh, them. Nor is I mean, Pessini. You don't uh, want him hitting no. you either. He had a great game. Yeah, he, he would be my game ball. Would go to Pessini. He had. It was all over the backfield. He really made plays. Something that we've heard a lot here in the late going and heard a lot in post game was Gary Anderson saying, "Tackles make plays." Tackles aren't just there to suck up blockers. They're there to get the ball and get the ball carrier. And you really saw that with both Fotu and Penasini playing with a a new fire and energy and aggressiveness um, that I didn't feel like put them out of position, which can be a problem. But I didn't feel like it was. I feel like they were just where they were supposed to be. And when the play started to develop, they were willing to take that step and make the play rather than try and make space for the, you know, end or linebacker to make the play. And they don't always do it. So that was really cool to see and really heartening. Utah wound up with a decent three sacks, not a bad night, but 11 tackles for a loss, which is really, really good. Um, So they're going to be all over everybody's back. Truly, I know everybody wants takeaways, but the thing about takeaways is – Small sample size? Yeah, well, you don't... Takeaways tell you a lot about who will win the game that has been played. If you don't know the numbers for score, the best number to know is turnover margin. Right. But they don't tell you anything about who's going to win the next game. Right. What does is pass breakups, yards per play, tackles for loss, sacks, and Utah had pretty much a perfect game and all of those things. And Weber State can play. They've got a they've got a lot of offensive talent, 
Um, definitely plugging in a new offense. I think you saw that. Uh, plugging in a new quarterback. I think you saw that. But Clemson took on, I think, Furman. Yep. Not a playoff FCS team. They gave up three times as many yards, and that's Clemson. Um, I mean, this was a, that was a very exciting defensive performance. One of the best ever in Utah history against oh, any opponent. Third. Third yeah. best. In total yards? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think that's enough of Weber State. That's yeah. probably too much on Weber State. No, there's Either that, you way. Know, it's football. I'm so excited to have a real game to talk about. Either way, we have a real game that's coming up on Saturday. Yes. And just for to clear up any confusion, it's on ESPN News. I saw some people asking what ESPNN meant. So it's ESPN News. Um, and to get us warmed up, we've got Edward Carifio. Eddie Carifio. All right. Yeah. And he's you, got these, you got these Illinois, you know. My dad's from Chicago. He didn't types. teach me to speak like that, but I'm from the <laughs> South. So, um, But, yeah, I had a nice chat with Eddie last night. You'll notice um, about halfway through the recording, I got joined by a guest host, my two-year-old son, who wanted to know what was I, up to, I was up to. So if you hear him playing iPad in the background, please forgive me, my amateur bedroom studio that i was using (laughs) (laughs) all right without further ado here's eddie okay i'm here with eddie carifio the sports editor of the daily chronicle in dekalb illinois he covers a lot of teams eddie but uh, you you cover the niu huskies as well and so i wanted to chat with you about him how are you doing today I'm doing all right. Excited for for football season. Kind of getting into the thick of it here. Um, I watched. A, didn't get to watch the whole thing. I watched a little bit of that uh, that NIU game last week, and it, it it looked like a tight one for a while with that with defenses that were kind of kind of came to play, and then it started to slip away from a little bit late. Is that is that going to be? of NIU a, a lot here, or is that going to be... Um, well, that was certainly the description of the team uh, last year. Okay. And with a lot of the same pieces back, it certainly looks like... I mean, if you want to push the panic button if you're an NIU fan, say that oh, it looks like it's going to be more of the same. But the flip side of that would be I was probably going to end up with a really good defense. Uh-huh. They're, they're probably going to be a very, very good defensive team. So while the NIU offense may not be an explosive Pac-12-style offense, it's it's still going to be in the mold of last year where they're going to be able to score, not make a lot of mistakes, and put some points on the board enough to stay competitive with the defense that they have. Because that defense probably isn't as good as you saw in the first half against Iowa. All right. I'm, I'm not going to make you talk too much about Sutton Smith. My, my listeners ought to know who he is by now, and if they don't, we're going to tell him. Who else should they be looking for besides Sutton Smith on that Huskies defense who, who's going to get their name called a lot and be a, be a problem to be solved for the youths? Well, something that was kind of a, a positive for the Huskies against Iowa was uh, Albert Smalls, uh, cornerback. 
he'd always been kind of the number two guy behind uh, Shawan Lurie, kind of the more high-profile cornerback. Lurie's gone now. But uh, Smalls ended up with a pick last week, an interception. So, and that had been the first one in a while from actually since 2015. Okay. He was hurt for most of 2016, and he didn't have a pick last year. So to see him come up with one, um, you know, in the first game of the year against, and I don't even, you know, didn't throw the ball in abundance of times. That's that's something that's really good. There, there's a lot of playmakers on this defense. Uh, Kyle Pugh is another name. To keep in mind, the linebacker, uh, he was hurt for most of last year. Uh, looks like he got, might have cramped or maybe tweaked something in the Iowa game, but he's still listed number one on the depth chart. Apparently, he is uh, fine. That's another name to uh, keep track of. Other than, as you mentioned, uh, Mr. Sutton Smith, who had an off game with only four tackles, one sack, and one forced fumble. Which is apparently a quiet game for him. Yeah, uh-huh. good, good, great game for most for most guys, but for Smith is is uh, is pretty slow. Huh? So uh, apparently, yeah. So so what about the offense? Uh, what should you fans be expecting? Is this kind of a midwestern three yards at a cloud of dust kind of offense? What what does it look like in general? I mean, I know we discussed that maybe it's not as effective as Huskies fans would like, but but in terms of of, of strategy and style, what uh, what are we looking at? Uh, the most effective part of their game last week was the run game, but again, I think again, I think that's skewed just because. I mean, maybe I'm going to look foolish in three weeks for saying this, but I think Iowa's got a really good defense, so I think that that kind of skewed things down. But the running game was very effective. They don't really do the typical Midwest how you're, um, um, how you describe it, like you know the, the three you can line up with twelve linemen and run the ball up the gut. That's not really. Their style, they're not again quite as spread as you're used to. They're kind of like probably a little more in the middle, but um, they, they do want to run the ball. They kind of got away from that, not necessarily because they were losing last week. Just uh, uh, Carey said, uh, Coach Rod Carey said that there was a lot of finally they got penalties to put them in first and twenty or sacks to put them in second and seventeen situations, and those really aren't running downs. I didn't go back to check to see if, uh, how much I didn't recall that much of it that would have kept the rushing numbers as low as they were. Because when they did run the ball, they were pretty effective with the trio of running backs there. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the coach, and, and I honestly, I don't know too much about him. Is he a, is he a long-tenured coach? Is it, is it a new look for the team? What's the coaching staff look like as compared to last year? Oh, no, Kerry, uh, Kerry's been there a while. Uh, he took over. He actually coached them in the Orange Bowl. That was his first game as an interim coach. And then the next year, I think it was that, 2013, he took over on the full-time basis. And, you know, he's been there since then. They've been, I mean, pretty consistent. They made a bowl game every year but one under him. So yeah, it's been. And uh, contending for the MAC title pretty much every year. Uh, oh, it's it's been a, it's, it's, it's been a, a a good squad. Do you, do you feel like there were? Um, we, we've been joined by by guest star, my two year old son William here. So if you hear him chirping in the background, that's what's going on. Um, did, did you feel like the the issues with the offense last week were things that they were going to be able to kind of go in and tweak and fix, or was it more of a a, a personnel issue that? 
that there's it's going to take time and recruiting to kind of fill the holes. Well, the most glaring thing again was pass game, and they got uh-huh. Marcus Childers as their quarterback. He's a sophomore. He did. He was the freshman of the year last year, and the Mac started the last eight games. But he had struggled with the deep ball. That was something that wasn't always effective, and they didn't really attempt the deep ball that much against Iowa. So it's and part of that's because they were down a senior receiver. They had to start two freshman receivers on uh, last week in uh, Cole Tucker and a true freshman, actually, in uh, Leon Payne. So uh, Spencer Tears got suspended for the first two games of the year. He's one of their only three seniors on the roster receiver, and he was suspended for the first two games for the old violation team rules. So it's kind of... Maybe they get a little bit of a pass in the passing game, but there's that nagging thought if you're a Husky fan of just, okay, well, what, what, what are they showing me here that this isn't going to be a repeat of last year's passing game? Uh-huh. Um, and you said first two games, so that uh, that star receiver is going to be out uh, out for this week as well? Correct. Okay. Um, and it looked like on the two weeks again, it's going to be Payne and Tucker, uh-huh. uh, two freshmen, uh, starting again. Okay. Oh, Juwan Wesley came off the bench. He's a senior. Iowa State transfer from a couple of years ago. Okay. He, I believe, yeah, he had the touchdown uh, late uh, uh, pass from uh, Childers. He also blocked the punt in the game. So even though he's not a starter, he's uh, one of the seniors. And DJ Brown is probably there. Uh, Brown and Tears are kind of like the one and one A. Tears more of a deep threat. Brown's more of a possession guy. Uh-huh. Um. Interesting. Interesting. So, so what does NIU know or think about about the Utes? It's kind of an unusual matchup. I remember Coach Whittingham was asked about it, and he said, "Well, sometimes you just go to Illinois and play a team because that's what's on the schedule." Is is that how NIU fans are feeling as well? Is um, there there isn't any kind of history here or any any sort of story being told? It's just sort of a, a home and home that got picked up. How are uh, how are NIU fans feeling about the matchup? Yeah, no, I, I think that's pretty much exactly it. It's like, hey, uh, in fact, that's even something Kerry said, is that we don't know much about this team, but sometimes that's good. Just go out and worry about you is how much you want to do anyways. We don't have to worry about knowing too much about another team, especially coming off a week where you knew the team pretty well. I mean, I apparently, you know, it was five years ago, but, you know, they played Iowa last, but still – you know, they're recruiting all the same kids. And right. Re- regionally, you know, those are the games you're so watching. It's yeah. kind of the whole thing when the Mac plays the Big Ten uh-huh. in general, you know, with the, the one being in the other's footprint, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody's kind of out of their element, but it, it should be fun, and it's always good to to get a chance to kind of visit visit different areas of the country and see, yeah, but, and see different things and um, – you know, experience some some new stuff. Also, how does uh, how are you guys feeling about the NIU's chances in the MAC this year? I'm 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 curious about the conference. Is it is it going to be hotly contested? Are they are they hoping to maybe snag a, a New Year's Six bowl or or, or uh, win the conference or what? What are they looking uh, at I think for the a prospect? New Year's Six bowl's out the window with the Iowa loss. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much. Got to play pretty close to perfect uh-huh. to end up with that. I remember uh, those days. They spot. weren't too long ago for Utes fans, but every, everything just had to fall right where you wanted it to, to 
to chase that dream. <laughs> but but is is the MAC title in reach, or is that going to be hard for NIU oh, to do this year? They, they were picked as the favorites in both the coaches and the media poll to All win right. the West Division. Ohio was picked to win the East and the overall MAC title. But Ohio had their hands full with Howard last uh-huh. week. So I, I think that was 38-32 the Bobcats won against that SES team. So no, the, the West is definitely much more competitive than the East is. There's a lot of uh, solid teams in the West, uh, probably a little deeper than the East is. Makes it a little you know, tougher for any one of those teams. To, to even win the title, let alone thinking about a group of six. Although Western did do it a couple of years ago uh-huh. uh, with a PJ Flex last year when they went undefeated. Yes, that was a that was a that was a good year. That's the the stick in your oar end guy. I I remember that they were they were fun to watch with that with that running game. So so what 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 do you wish people knew about NIU that we haven't talked about here and uh, that, that you want Ute fans to know about this this team or, or the program or, or what's worth talking about and worth thinking about as we're heading up to this, this game on Saturday? I think it's important to keep in mind, and I think it's important to keep in mind the disparity, I would say, between the group of five and the power five between those two conferences. How NIU, you know, is a, is a top MAC team. It's been a top MAC team for five years. And how, so even if they lose to Iowa, or should we say hypothetically lose to Utah, <laughs> excuse me, next week, that it's, it's, you know, you're looking at Utah, which is, what, middle to top middle of the Pac-12 this year? I, most years. We, we've got higher hopes than yeah. that this year. We're, we're hoping for a, for a pretty special year. But um, but I think that's a pretty fair assessment based on where they've been the last few years. Yeah, so to, to keep in mind just how hard it is for these, uh, even though they're all FBS teams, that there really is quite the disparity. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I know uh, the the Vegas lines came out yesterday. The Utes are favored by ten and a half there on the road. Would you care to make a score prediction for for this game? It's funny I haven't seen the line. I was uh, thinking about it. Uh, I was working on my preview and everything, and I do a score prediction. I actually seemed ten seemed a little a little narrow to that, me. That was the, my first thought. I'm like, you know, adjust that as the week goes on. But that's my first. Uh, Gut reaction. Uh-huh. And I was talking over you. What did you say your score was? Oh, I'm sorry. It was uh, 31-21 Utah. Okay. All right. Well, and I, and I might tweak that, but I I don't know. I think that's I, that's about it's, right. It's Vegas like certainly agrees. Ten and a half is very good for a line. I think. I think that. I, I don't know. I'm going back and forth. That if NIU might be able to keep it closer. I mean, if everything clicks right, if their defense performs the way they did, and, and they just fix some things offensively, or even if Utah gives them a couple things that Iowa didn't, which uh-huh. is no offense to Utah defense, but and I could be looking very foolish in a couple weeks for saying this, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be the same. Well, I, even even if you face the same really good defense twice in a row, you don't usually have have those kinds of struggles. I mean, usually you make a couple of plays and you score a few touchdowns. I mean, it's 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 rare. Even when there's a when there's a talent disparity, it's rare to to struggle that much. So I I think NIU will bounce back. They're not going to be like 
uh, struggle that much every every game, and probably not that much against against the Utes. Although I am confident about their defense. But but Eddie, I'm going to let you go now. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with us today, and uh, you can. I'll, I'll I'll tag you on Twitter and and you can give it a give it a download and and listen to yourself talk, which always makes me super uncomfortable every time. <laughs> listen, oh no, but it's not as good as I do. When you're as knowledgeable as I clearly am, it's totally <laughs> myself. Am I not at all annoying voice? But we were we were really happy to have you today, and uh, we we look forward to uh, to Saturday. And uh, I hope NIU has a has a great season and comes away with that MAC title this year. I hope so, too. I, I think that's a possibility. All right. Thanks, Eddie. You have a good one. Okay, you too. Well, I'm feeling pretty good about my pick after hearing Eddie's pick. Yes. But, I mean, granted, you haven't heard my pick. I but haven't. It's coming. I don't I'm know what better. it is. And I actually, so last time we recorded, it was the day before game day, and I already written my game day article, which means doing all my math. Um, and so I just said the prediction that, my math pick because it's weird to pick one score for one thing and a different score for another thing. Uh, But I haven't done that yet, which means I can do anything. I'm totally unpredictable right now. Okay. So you, you. what's your, what's your, your pick? Well, first I I promised Eddie that I would talk to you guys about Sutton Smith. Grant, you said you hadn't heard about Sutton. Look, I'm not look as a fan. I'm overlooking NIU as not as much as I was Weber, but I'm overlooking them. You know, I'm overlooking them more because oh, wow. the next game is so much bigger and there's almost less to learn because now well, we've seen the offense, we've seen the defense, we know who's starting. We know, I mean, it's basically just like, you know, decent margin, no injuries. That's that's where I am. I'm, I'm you know, I like football, so I'm looking forward to it. And I really like the this style of football. I've always been a fan of, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, 17 to 14 kind of game. And so one of the reasons why I like Utah so much is they play that physical style. Uh, and I think NIU does too, um, just with less talent. So they're a little less effective at it. Although on the defensive end, they should be a really good defense. Um, one of the better G5 Ds in the country. So last year, Sutton Smith, Converted from running back to defensive end. Um, and he had himself uh, a year. He had two fumble recoveries, including a 58-yard touchdown return. He had uh, 63 tackles, which is a lot for a defensive end. I mean, yeah. that's all over the field. Um, hang on, I'm scrolling through here. Come on. I mean, ultimately... He had 14 sacks, which would be number one in the nation, um, and then a bunch of tackles for a loss, too, but I'm having some stat loading problems, so say what you're going to say. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, for a defensive end, he he's the dominant player on their defense, and based on what Eddie told us, they have a lot of other good players on defense that we need to watch out for. I mean, this could be a better test for our offense. 29 and a half tackles for a loss. I mean, that's just bonkers. He's, he's that... Um, I don't know. This is too much praise, but I think it's actually pretty accurate. Would be the JJ Watt comparison. Late change to Whoa. the position, um, just totally suited to it, and um, certainly has NFL potential. Although I think at his size, more at linebacker than D. Um, but 
I know a really <laughs> good defense. 29 and a half tackles for loss. It's just bonkers. I mean, he's just all over the field. He's in the kitchen all the time. He's always at the ball. He's fast. He's uh, he's a very intimidating player. Um, so he's he's fun to watch. He's, it's, right. it's, it's cool to have the opportunity to watch him play. And it's honestly one of the toughest tests that Utah's tackles are going to get all year. I mean, I'd have to look and see who's Washington, who's Stanford playing at D, but he's that good. He's he's going to be one of the best defenders Utah plays this season. So it's going to be fun to watch and a good learning experience to see. We saw the O-line against good but not great defensive line competition, and once they got their you know stuff together, they, they were pretty dominant. But against this kind of special player is always an interesting contest. Yeah, I mean, it should... I think it's good that the the offense, especially the offensive line, is going to be facing this level of a talent because it'll allow them to gel together. They, I mean, they're obviously going to be game planning for them. I mean, it's just a little bit more where, I hate to say it, but I would be really shocked if game planning for Weber State's defensive line was very extensive. I feel like this is like the next step up. Yeah. You know, we've gone up a flight of stairs mm-hmm. in our game planning. And at Weber it's State, good you progress. saw... You saw the playbook. I don't think it was vanilla. It wasn't three plays, um, but there were no there were no constraint plays, so they never had to punish the defense right. for loading the box or yeah, yeah because um, that just wasn't necessary. They could beat right. them when they overcommit, and this time that's not going to be the case. When NIU overcommits to stop the run, Utah is going to have to respond to that, or they're not going to be able to run the ball because they're good enough to stop them I think Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that next step next evolution and what this offense has and then leading up to Washington where it's going to be you know no holds barred score some points because you're going to need every one of them yeah I mean it's I like it it's like it's perfect we went into the we went into Weber State it's probably like the kiddie pool splashed around a little bit and now we're going to go get into the three to four feet deep water Mm -hmm. And splash then around, see what happens. Week. And then Washington comes, and we're jumping into the deep end, and it's time to learn whether we can swim or not. Is I'm my so comparison. excited for that game. I'm just, it's going to be so good. I've, I'm, I don't know who's going to win, but I am confident it's going to be an awesome football game. Agreed. So let's, let's talk about today, that game next week. How is, is this going to be an awesome football game, or is it going to be a snoozer? Um, I think it'll be... A qual- I think it's going to be an equivalent of a snoozer as Weber was, if that okay. makes sense. Yep. I, I'll say my prediction. I don't remember what my score prediction was. I feel like it was higher than what I'm about. And I'll just put it out there. You I'm had good. 42 to 14. Right? Okay. Which so, was pretty darn close because it was 41 10. It was I had 42 13. I had 42 10 because I, I just get it right every time. That's just how it <laughs> is. So. Cool. <laughs> uh, so my pick is going to be, I'm going to stick with 13 on the opponent, okay. but the Utes are only going to get 31 this time, is my thoughts. Okay. Um, I think that's a pretty good prediction. However, a little low. I think Utah is going to score 38. So, okay. And, it's off by a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. And the defense, I think, I, where I think the, the difference is going to be is that the points that Weber State scored were by accident. 
And mm-hmm. I don't think NIU's offense is any better, and it may be worse. And I don't think there are going to be as many mistakes just because there usually aren't that many. So I think it's going to be 3-38. to 38. I think it's going to be a, a, a real blowout. Yeah, I'm, uh, All right. I'm high on this Utes team who is ranked – I almost hesitate to say this, but my numbers come up with, like, you can put the teams in order. Ninth. Utah is ninth. Not ninth in the Pac-12. Not ninth. ninth in the, just just number nine. There's only eight teams ahead of them. I mean, it's – I'm trying to stay in control here. Let's calm down. Let's wait to – look, if they win the Washington game, yes. it's no holds barred. I'll let you go full Kool Aid. I mean, we'll if, bring if you they a beat Washington, of if they beat Washington, I'm going full Kool Aid with a crystal ball trophy on top. I'm serious. <laughs> I know you're serious. I can't wait to see it. That's going to be good because they are going to win that game. All right. So we've got, you said 31 13. Yes, sir. And I said 38 to 3 because Ooh. I just, I'm just feeling it. I'm just feeling the vibe. All right. All right. Um, well, that's all we've got for you today. Look, people, we would love feedback and reviews. Email we rely us. upon your reviews to get other listeners. So please tell the world what you think. Yeah, and it, if you've got some constructive criticism. Constructive. Don't just tell me I look funny. I already know. Email us, utalk at gmail.com. Otherwise, if you can give us a five, four-star rating, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else, and give us a review. Uh, It's much appreciated. Until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. Thanks for listening to Ute Talk. Brought to you by the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks. Find us on Twitter at Ute Talk Podcast or email at utalk at gmail.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.